Hello and welcome back. It's been another week in Oklahoma education for me, and it was a short week. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for classes, and then Thursday, Friday for professional development, which I had to explain that to uh, students sometimes because they're like, wait, what are you going to do? And it's like, ah, we have meetings. And they were like, what meetings? And uh, honestly, I didn't know at the time. I don't think we got a schedule till right around Wednesday morning or so. Although I did sit in on a PD planning meeting uh, because I was asked to maybe possibly uh, help with developing that. But I'm, uh, I think I'm getting ahead of myself here because I uh, have been thinking about like my role, what my role is and what, you know, what my position is and what's expected of me. And uh, what really got me thinking is I uh, really like a uh, t-shirt company, I, motorcycle company, apparel company. I ne- I've never known how to explain this company because I have these t-shirts that I wear that have messages on them uh, just about philosophy and life uh, and I've been wearing them for a while I found it was I always called it a motorcycle company motorcycle apparel company but that wasn't it and the name is often kind of eyebrow raising the, the company's out of like Wyoming and it's called go fast don't die yeah it's called go fast don't die and part of the, the story is that apparently that was something their mother used to say to them as they would go off on their adventures uh, on, in cars and motorcycles. It was go fast, don't die. And I have a sticker on my motorcycle that, that says that. Uh, and I, I think some people see it sometimes and are kind of like, Ugh, like what a risky person. But they also had a shirt that explained that fast is a feeling, speed is a number. It's not about going like a high number on the dial. It's about it's about feeling and uh, experiencing life. And so they always have these really cool shirts with really cool messages on them. Uh, I've got one about there is no tiger, that sometimes we are um, so wound up in what's going on around us, our body feels like there's a tiger about to get us, and it's like that biological response to stress and trauma. But, you know, not getting your way at work while you're body might react to that as if you know the tiger is about to get you it, there is no tiger it's like calm down brain you're gonna get through this and i've got one that says don't lose heart that was a little comma there between lose and heart and it's uh got a heart with like arms and boxing gloves and on the back it says destroy what destroys you and it has a little message there about like Find the thing that's keeping you from moving forward. Um, you know, it's not so much about like the the mountain in front of you as so much as it is about the pebble in your shoe. Because the mountain is daunting, but that pebble in your shoe is going to keep you from going forward and even get started. Uh, you And you have to be aware of these things and find them and look for those messages to let you know. Uh, I have um, other ones about, you know, life's clicking or life's time's ticking. Start living. You know, you li- you're losing your life 60 seconds at a time. But what I really like about this company is on uh, Sunday afternoons, evenings, they send out they send out like a philosophy email, you know, and they have um, little uh, phone backgrounds that you can use. And I save them sometimes. I had one before. It just said, why, 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 why? Just straight in a row, five in a row. And in the email they sent out, it was... Um, basically it's it's a way to calm yourself down because if you're asking why i'm getting upset and if you the deeper you go the more you start to realize where the control is and what is going on like 
like for a student or um, why is my grade the way it is? And the more you answer it instead of blaming others, it's like, well, it's because of the teacher. It's like, well, because I didn't study like I wanted to. Why do you not study when it went like you needed to? Well, because I wanted to go to the football game or I wanted to play video games. Well, why did you do that? Because I wanted to have spend time with my friends. And you work your way through it and you start to realize like, oh, this was the natural consequences of choices I have made. Uh, they had one. Um, I can't remember. I've had so many. What do I have now? Oh, the uh, one I have now says, it says, same river, different water. And in the email, they talked about how, you know, you've had this day before. I'm recording this on the 17th. Like, I've had September's before. I've had the 17th before. I've had Sundays before. I've had September the 17th before. So it all feels the same. same. But I've never had this Sunday on uh, in September the 17th, 2023. I've never had it. So it feels like it's the same river. Like, like it's all been done before, but it's different water. And I, I shouldn't lose that. I shouldn't lose sight of that and pay attention. Uh, the email they sent out today is a little story about Churchill. But all of that is to say, it was, it was in a most recent Sunday email they sent out, they kind of put a line in there about, you know, for those of you new to Go Fast, Don't Die, they said, we're a mental health company that just happens to sell apparel. And I was like, whoa, that's how I can explain them. But then I got to thinking about me, and it's like, because how do I describe me? And I don't know if I'm brave enough to say it out loud to other people, because I get people ask what I do. It's like I'm a teacher. But I think more than anything, what resonated and landed with me is I'm a life coach who just happens to be in a history classroom. And when I put that through, like my thoughts about them describing their company and kind of applying that to me, it's like, man, that is so true. I'm a life coach who just happens to be in a history classroom. And that feels so true. It's, uh, whether it's colleagues I'm working with or, or students, it feels like that's my calling, that's my brand, that's, that's me. Uh, and I saw that a couple times uh, this week. It was uh, the PD planning, as mentioned earlier. I was asked to maybe give a brief miniature professional development on the reading writing activities that I do with my students to give some of our classrooms that have textbooks or the, uh, especially our nonfiction reading classrooms like your like your biologies, your Oklahoma history, world, pretty much a lot of your histories, uh, your physical science classes and, and even some of your English classes. But uh, I found out the physical science teachers wanted to know more. So I arranged with the principals that maybe have them come in for an hour and I can go over some very early uh, easy activities that they can do with their students. And um, I got to be a part of that PD process to see how that worked out. And uh, uh, seeing how the sausage is made and crunching the numbers and switching the schedules around, it's like, I'm thankful that that's not my full-time job. Um, but no, they ended up showing up Thursday morning right before lunch, had them for about an hour of lunch. And there weren't that many that showed up, but I felt like they were the ones who needed to be there and had great conversations and it was also, I'm hoping, I'm going to check back in with them this week, but I'm hoping it gave them a chance to rethink how they do things in their classroom and, and rethink sometimes those daunting requirements you hear from admin about like, we're all reading teachers, you know, we all should be doing reading. Meanwhile, some of us are like, I don't know how to teach a kid to read. And which is totally legit. Most of us have never um, had the training on how to teach someone to read. 
but we can all use our classroom from time to time to give students a chance to work on those reading and writing skills. So I, I got to be a part of that, and it was it was really cool to kind of talk. There were some uh, older teachers, there were some younger teachers, even a principal, one of our assistant principals and the instructional coach stopped by and kind of hung out during the session as well. And I, and I guess for anything, that was my, my life coach, classroom coach session for the day uh, with them. I've uh, mentioned so many times with students before, but I think some of this got reiterated. We had a uh, professional, uh, I don't want to say motivational speaker because that sounds uh, bad, but we had a gentleman come in, uh, his name was Ken Williams, and he came in to speak to us, and I really didn't know anything about him. I'll be honest, I was a little like, mm, motivational speaker, yay, Uh but the gentleman was great. Like, I really enjoyed him. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie. Maybe I wished the overall session was about 45 minutes shorter. But I, it was supposed to be, it's about equity. Um, Ruthless Equity is the name of the book he had uh, that he has written. But I really uh, enjoyed, I, I guess, two, two big takeaways I had. Um, one is the idea of equity. Uh, and he was he was kind of it's not an equality thing. It's a it's about fixing your standards and holding everyone to it. And I really appreciated that because I've seen that in my twenty odd years of education where we 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 change the standards based on the kid. Like this kid can do more, so we should have him do more. This kid's like, oh, they can't do as much. Their background, their their life story so far, their skills. So we need to we need to lower the standard. Um, his phrase was, start with the crown, not the kid. And the crown is basically your standard. Whether your district calls them the central standards, power standards, things like that. He even gave an example with like coaches when they, they have their, you know, skills, they're like five skills they want their students to know in their preseason camp, uh, or even if they ran a camp and, you know, if they pick those five skills, those skills aren't going to change. They, they aren't going to dumb them down, raise them, lower them, uh, change the skills. If, you know, you got the kids from the wrong side of the tracks or you got the kids who don't speak the King's English was an example he used, um, whether they black, brown, white, whatever kids. And he was trying to make the point that coaches kind of get this figured out. They have their standard. They have their crown that they start with. And then you lift your players. You lift your kids up to the crown. You, you lift them up to the standard instead of lowering the standard because I think we all know that when that happens it doesn't feel as good when you quote-unquote win but you know you didn't have to achieve what was originally set out for you so I like that idea because I've always thought that's true it's like you have your standard and, and I, I talked to some teachers uh, on Friday about like oh, I don't know and it's like the standards and standard-based tests and it's like well I decide my standards and for me it's are my students better when they leave the class in May than uh, when they came in in August and that can be better with their reading and writing skills. That can be better in terms of their interest for school. That can be better uh, in terms of their social emotional development. That's my thing. It's like there's a, there's a pretty good standard that will help you find success out in the world in terms of your social interaction, in terms of effort putting into things. And if I can get students to recognize that, then I think I've done my job. And I think that's why I've been able to make it so long in education because my my standards, my crown that I'm trying to raise students to has never been about data. It's never been about like subgroups and figuring out. It, it's been about the student. And I think, yeah, 
I think that's why I, I don't have burnout problems because I don't get obsessed with that stuff. It's about the students, which is another thing he brought up and I've always thought was true. And I thought maybe I was just a weirdo. Um, it's the idea of, um, how did he say it? What I need to know about a student will find me. What I need to know about my student will find me. He was talking about this in context of like your subgroups, you know, when they break down data by your IEP students or your your um, Title I students or your black, brown, Asian, white students. Your, yeah. and, and he was talking about, you know, we got to stop teaching to subgroups and, and start teaching to individuals. Uh, he gave it an example of um, a principal who called him up and said, how do I, basically he was like, how do I help my, my black boys get better at reading? And he is like, stop teaching black boys and, and, and teach Deontay, teach Timmy, teach, you know, teach the student, stop teaching the label and like work with them and rise them up instead of focusing on, cause no one's the stereotypical quote unquote, the data subgroup. And I've always thought it was true. He kind of joked about, um, the only things he worried about in the first days, weeks of school is, um, allergies and custody like what's going to puff you up and have to have a medical problem and and who has the right to take you home and i i think i've always done that i mean i used to work in a school in a different district where the in the middle school it's like the sixth grade teachers would almost want to tell the seventh grade teachers like oh watch out for that watch out for that one and seventh grade teachers almost tell the eighth grade teachers like beginning of the year it's oh who's on your roster it's like oh that one's a great one and that and i was always kind of like no leave me alone like don't tell me this stuff i don't I don't want to hear it because, you know, supposedly maybe not so much the good kids because, eh, but they always wanted to tell him the bad kids. And I always had the thought that maybe they weren't as bad as you made them out to be. M- maybe, maybe they matured over the summer. Maybe they were going through some stuff last year. M- maybe if I'm being honest, that teacher just wasn't very good um, in general with content or maybe not very good with connecting with humans. And so I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know any of that. I'll be honest, even with some of my IP students through the years, it's like I didn't I didn't worry so much about not knowing who they were initially in the first week or so of school because if there was any kind of problem, it's like I could I we, we could get that fixed with the sixteen weeks we had left in the semester. And rarely did we have any issues. And I got to know them without seeing labels and then assuming about them because of labels because i got to learn about their personalities i got to learn about their quirks i got to learn see who the sneaky ones are um and i didn't have to like push past any biases biases bias yeah there we go again so i'm not an english teacher uh i have to push through the bias uh that i might have of seeing you know athlete or rotc kid or band kid or iep or ELL, and I could just get to know them. And I didn't get hung up on labels. And and that's especially crucial when you realize a lot of those labels we have in the school are externally placed on the kid. They don't identify as ELL. They don't identify as IEP. They're just kids trying to get through school and figure out what's next in life. And when you realize that, it makes things so much easier. And I appreciated Mr. Ken Williams and his mindset and the stories he told because it, it would, I hope some of the younger teachers heard it. I wish I could have heard that. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't have heard it. 
but I heard it now and it makes me feel good about maybe those things I was stumbling through and, and stumbling upon in my younger years, I wasn't that far off. Sometimes I just kept my head down and just worked with students because I, I thought like, this feels right. This feels like the good thing to do, but I didn't, I didn't want to get caught doing like the bad quote unquote bad thing. Cause I wasn't caring about the data. I didn't, I didn't put a lot of time into that stuff. And I just thought like admins are going to find out and you know, I'm going to get in trouble, but it always worked. Like each year I had a good time. Um, this year already having a good time. And I don't think I'm going to change it anytime soon. I just want them to be better. Socially acceptable, you know, responsible, um, curious humans who, uh, are just better in May than when they came in in August. And as long as we can do that, as long as I can help with that, I feel like I've, uh, I'm, I'm living out my mission instead of some mission statement. So yeah, that's a lot. So brain's been all over the place this week. I'm a life coach who just happens to be in a history classroom. And maybe I wasn't so far off on how I handled my students in my younger years than I am now. And it's, it's good to know. And I think a lot of that comes through just sitting back, hearing things, stewing on them for a bit, and talking with people. So I hope you've had that opportunity to get some new ideas, percolate on them. I hope you've had a chance to talk it over with someone um, and just play with the idea. And I hope all of that helps you be better in your classroom and realize your goal, your equity, your standard, you're going to bring people to. Because... I didn't have the words for all that. That's a lot of fancy language, but man, that's definitely what's gotten me through these two-ish decades of education. Yeah, I need to get to bed because I have a whole another week of life coaching ahead of me. As always, have a day.